Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 155 of the North American Outdoors Podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. The most important key to staying safe is to remain alert in your environment. There are different levels of awareness and it's important to recognize where you are and what level that you're in at any given time. So the very first stage of awareness is considered unaware. In the unaware state, you are completely oblivious. You are not aware of what is going on in your environment at all. So some examples of being unaware would be when you're asleep, of course, um, if you are daydreaming, or if you're concentrating fully on work, watching a movie, or you're engaged in a book, or any other activity that requires your undivided attention. You are focused on that particular topic, but you are unaware of anything around you. This also is the state that the majority of people seem to be in these days attached to their cell phones. How many times have you gone people watching and observed the public just completely unaware of what's around them? And you may have actually seen people trip off of steps, fall into a pond, or actually walk into poles or walk into buildings because they had no idea what was in front of them or what was about to be ahead of them as they drop off of a curb or a step. So unaware is definitely not the state that you wanna be in when you're concerned about your environment. The next level of mental awareness is the aware state. You are in an aware condition when you are conscious of your surroundings, you are cognizant of those around you, and you have mentally identified where potential threats may emanate. Think about a time that you were on a walk, whether you were walking the streets of your neighborhood, 
whether you were walking along a hike and bike trail in your community, or whether you were walking somewhere that you might not be so familiar with. How aware are you of those surroundings? Do you take the time to look around and know exactly where you are? You don't know if something is not right if you don't know what it was to begin with and have nothing to compare it to. Do you know your neighborhood well enough to know what your neighbors drive, what their kids may be driving, and if there are more cars parked along your street than normal, what is right and what might not be so right? So if you have no baseline of what things should be, you are not going to have a way of knowing when something is out of place. So always be aware of your surroundings. Even when you're driving your vehicle, are you in an area that you are not familiar with or even an area that you might be familiar with? What is around you when you're driving a car? One of the games that I used to play with my kids, and even though they're older, I still play this game with them. When I'm driving and they are my passenger, we come to a stop sign or to a red light. I will have them look at me and ask them what color the vehicle is that pulled up right next to us. And sometimes they can get it right, but most of the time they are so distracted and unaware because their heads are down, their eyes are glued to their phone, to the videos, they have their AirPods in, and they're not listening to anything around them. They are so contained within, they have no idea what's in their environment. So I always have them try to be aware of their surroundings, especially those of my kids who are driving now, because it's so important that they are constantly aware of what's around them. Not because everything's a bad thing, but because it's a safety thing as well. If something happens and they have to call in for help or they have to call an ambulance to aid and assist, where are they? What's the intersection? What street are they on? So just something as simple as looking up from your phones, if you're a passenger, and identifying what road you're on or what mile marker that you are on. How many of y'all have ever been traveling a long road trip and you really don't remember getting from here to there? You are in that zone that you've just been traveling for hours and hours and you just you just are going through the motions. You don't remember the actual trip itself, but you remember getting there. It is a mindset and it is something that you have to practice to be aware. Practice as a driver looking around where you are. If you're on a trip, maybe it's a trip that you've been on and it's a trip that you frequent all the time. Be mindful of where the mile markers are. You know, if you broke down or you needed to get some assistance in changing your car tire and you called in for help and they ask you, okay, where are you at? Assuming you don't have, you know, your cell phone and the pin drop location and GPS, you know, what happens if you're out in the middle of nowhere? We can't always rely on our technology because when technology fails, we have to fall back to our skills. And hopefully we have learned how to read a map and we have learned how to be aware and how to recognize where we are along our destination. So anytime that I am in my vehicle and I'm making a trip, I am always mindfully noting where I'm at, what exit marker, what mile marker, that way, it's just something that you can always, 
you know, kind of play within your own head to stay on top of your game and always be aware of your surroundings. What about being aware in a building? So if you have to go into an office building or a building that has several different floors that you have to take an elevator, where are you located? And if you had to get out, could you? If the elevator is broken, you know, do you know what floor that you're on and is the safest way to get to and from on that stairwell? So be always on the lookout and be mindful of your location, even when you're within a building. How many of y'all have ever went into a store mindlessly if you're walking through the mall and when you come out of the store, you are completely turned around and can't remember which way to go to get back to your vehicle? Or let's talk about vehicles. How about in a parking lot? How many of y'all have ever parked your vehicle mindlessly and just driving around until you found the spot and you might be distracted, having a conversation with whoever you're with, or maybe you're buried in your own cell phone as you're walking into the store? How about when you come out of that store and you're looking for your vehicle? Always be aware and mindful, especially in parking lots. The number one most dangerous parking lot that anybody could be in is a Walmart parking lot. Depending on how large that store is, and most Walmart stores are right off of a main highway or a major interstate, it is a great target and usually an easy target for criminals to hang out in Walmart parking lots and target the unsuspecting distracted customer who's usually walking across the lot, maybe looking for their vehicle because they cannot remember where they parked. Maybe they have a handful of kids that are running around the shopping basket as the mom is trying to corral them up, keeping them together as they're walking through the parking lot. Maybe she's got a baby on her hip and a another arm full of groceries or maybe the unsuspecting customer has his or her head buried in their cell phone, completely unaware of their surroundings. Parking lots are the absolute worst. I know that I singled out Walmart because we have a lot of Walmart parking lots around where I live and there is always high crime in those parking lots. That's not to say other big stores or even small stores have anything safer, but the bottom line is parking lots are an easy target for criminals. Usually the customer's distracted. They've got groceries. They've got kids. They've got a basket they're pushing. They may not have their car keys in their hand. And most importantly, they probably do not have a plan or they have not visualized what to do if someone approaches them and catches them off guard. Do you enjoy going on hikes or even jogging, whether it be early in the morning, late at night, or somewhere in between? What condition are you in when you are off doing your exercising? Are you wearing your headphones, your earbuds? Do you have your music turned up where it drowns out all the noise around you? Or maybe you have only one earbud in where you can still hear the noise around you. What's your plan if you are jogging or hiking and you're focused on your activity and you're focused on what's ahead of you? What is your plan if something is going on beside or behind you? Do you have a plan and are you aware of your surroundings? 
Do you know where you're going? And do you know what your plan B is if something were to happen and you had to quickly exit the area if something doesn't feel right and something doesn't look right? Can you safely get back to your vehicle? And do you have an alternate route to get back to your vehicle? If something is going on between where you are and where you have to go, how are you going to safely get there? Another really dangerous place are gas stations. If you have to go somewhere to get fuel, it's always best to go in a safe part of town, it helps, as well as doing it in daylight. Always be prepared and watch your fuel gauge. And if you're getting close to needing to fuel up, take advantage of the situation and go when it's safe, well lit, and maybe not a lot of traffic around the gas station that you have to go to. It seems almost daily when you turn on the news, there's another story of someone being attacked or carjacked or robbed at a gas station. It is easy to put yourself in this vulnerable position. When you exit your vehicle, grab the gas handle, turn around to put it into your vehicle. For that split second, a lot of times somebody that's intending to do harm is going to pounce when you are least expecting it. Criminals, people that have bad intentions, they already have a plan and they have that advantage because they're hoping by catching you off guard or when you're at your most vulnerable, you don't have a plan. So always be mindful and keeping your head on that swivel when you do have to go to a gas station and fill up. Also, if you have to go into a gas station to use the restroom, buy a snack, get your receipt, take a few minutes before you walk into that gas station. This goes for any store, not just a gas station. If you pull up somewhere and you park before you put your vehicle in park, sit there for 10 seconds. Look around. Look around at the other vehicles. Does anything look suspicious? Is anybody in those vehicles? What are they doing? Next, look up into the store that you're about to walk into. Does everything look, quote, normal? Is everybody just shopping and minding their own business? Or does something look off? Does everybody have their hands up in the air? Are they gathered around in a clump? Does anything give you the indication that maybe you shouldn't walk into that store and you should keep on driving to the next? If everything looks good and you do walk into the store, you walk in again, take that assessment. Does everything look okay? Does everything sound okay? Is it eerily quiet? Normally, a lot of stores have music playing. Is there music or is it silent? When you walk into a store, does everybody whip their heads around and look at you? That might be an indication that something is going on and all of the customers are desperately hoping that someone is walking through those doors and going to provide help. Another place to be aware of your surroundings is at an ATM machine. If you have to withdraw money, do your best to do so in the daylight. Always make sure that you are looking around to see if a car is following behind you as you pull up to the ATM machine, or if you have to walk up to an ATM, look around you and see if there's anybody watching you or anybody that could follow you and come up behind you while you're distracted, focused on your transaction. If at all possible, 
try to go inside of the facility to withdraw your money, whether it's at a bank or whether you are completing a transaction at any other type of store and you can ask for cash back at that time. Another location to be aware of your surroundings is anytime that you go to a restaurant. Oftentimes you're gonna hear people say that they never wanna be sitting with their back to the door. Not only is it best to know where you are and who is coming in and out of the restaurant that you're sitting in, it's also a good idea to identify all of the different exits. I've even heard somebody go so far as saying they identify where all the security cameras are located and they make sure to position themselves seated at the table. If God forbid anything were to happen, there would at least be video footage of them sitting at their table if something were to happen. Be proactive anytime that you're going to be at a restaurant. Know your surroundings. Know where the exits are. If the front door was blocked for any reason and you could not get out the way you came, whether it be a crime situation unfolding or maybe even a fire, if you can't get out the way you came in, what is your next plan? Do you know where the emergency exit is located? Do you know where the kitchen is located? Usually there's a back door that exits the kitchen. Another suggestion is to always be seated by a window. If you are seated in a booth, always ask for an extra chair to be pulled up to the table where you can put your hat on or even sit on that chair. That way, if something happens and you need a quick escape, whether for yourself or for your family and loved ones, all you have to do is pick up that chair and throw it through the window to get out quickly. Next time you go to a restaurant, just sit back and people watch. I had to take my teenager to a meeting one evening at a fast food restaurant, and this restaurant was located right off the freeway. And it's not the best area, but it's not the worst area either. I guess it depends on who you ask and what time of day that you go there. Well, our meeting was in the evening around 7.30 at night, and as I brought my teenager and we sat down and my teenager had his meeting, I just people watched. I got me a big old unsweet iced tea, and I sat there and I looked around and I was blown away. Sometimes it's amazing what you can see if you just look up and open your eyes, from the people that were sitting around us, the conversations they were having, holy cow. Not that I was eavesdropping, but there was a lot of um, very interesting conversations going on. And what surprised me the most was at three different times, three different individuals who looked pretty shady came walking into this place and they walked up to the counter and without any discussion, conversation, anything, the person behind the counter handed them a large empty cup and gave them a handful of snacks. And without saying a word, they turned around and shuffled over to the Coke machine, filled up their cups to the top, took their snacks, and they shuffled out the door. This happened three different times. I was just um, being aware and watching all of the interactions and all of the different types of people 
coming in and out of this particular restaurant. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another recent example is I sent my husband to meet up with someone to hand off some paperwork that I had to give. I got sent a different direction and I couldn't make the meeting. So I sent him over to sit in a parking lot at a pretty busy intersection. There was a fast food restaurant and right next door to the fast food restaurant, there was a coffee shop. So lo and behold, if you know my husband, you know he's not going to go into a coffee shop. So he said he would meet this person in the parking lot and he had to wait about, I guess, 45 minutes or so for this individual to meet up with him. So he called me and was just amazed at how many people were just oblivious to him being there. So he drives a big diesel and it's it's loud and he was sitting there with his truck running and pretty much just people watching coming in and out of the fast food place and the coffee place. And he said he was shocked with how many people pulled and parked right next to him and didn't even look up and know that he was there. They were getting out of their vehicles. They were standing there distracted with their phones or with their kids and they had no clue of what was right under their noses with somebody being in a vehicle sitting there right next to them. But the fact that the amount of unawareness and the amount of distraction all around us is mind boggling. Take the time and watch other people when you're in an area that you can watch them, whether you're at a restaurant or if you're waiting in a parking lot or if you have to sit on a bench at the mall, Sometimes it's pretty fun to watch um, people and to watch how distracted and how unaware that they are. So keeping our own level of awareness up there and knowing what's around us, knowing what should be, what's normal. So if something ever is out of sorts, you have something to compare it to knowing that maybe that person shouldn't be here or that vehicle shouldn't be here. So keeping your eyes open and your head on a swivel, staying aware and living in the aware mental state is where you want to be. So we spend a lot of time in the awareness stage because it's such an important part of everyday life. But the next level of mental awareness is called the alert level. In the alert level, a specific potential threat or potential threats have been identified. This is also referred to as a heightened state of awareness. So some examples might be if you are walking down a street and somebody is approaching you 
and they may be approaching you with purpose. If they look determined or driven, if they're asking for time, a cigarette, change, or anything else, that's probably time that you need to be on this alerted state. If a stranger is staring at you for no reason whatsoever, if you are around a person who's under the influence of alcohol or drugs or any other substance, and you believe that they are behaving aggressively or unpredictably, this is a time that you need to be alert. If somebody is standing on a corner and it's summertime, triple digits, you know, humidity is up there and they're wearing a heavy jacket or they're wearing a raincoat or a trench coat and a lot of clothing when the weather temperatures are not suited to be dressed like that, you need to be alert. On the opposite, if you are somewhere in cold temperatures and somebody is not dressed appropriately to be out in the elements, you know, if they're wearing shorts and a tank top and flip-flops and it's snowing and blowing, again, this is a time where your spidey senses should kick in and you need to be on an alerted state of awareness. It may be at this time that you call the police or you call for authorities just to report that, hey, this doesn't, this doesn't look right or this person really doesn't look like they belong here. So you also need to have a plan if you enter into an alerted state or if you stumble into an alerted state, you need to set your limits. Set your limit that you know once you get there, it's going to initiate action on your part. What does that look like? Well, you may not know. And oftentimes you can visualize this to every single situation imaginable. You can practice in your mind every day. You can train in different situations, different simulations. You can go through all kinds of preparation for a situation just like this, but Unless those conditions that you trained in were just as perfectly duplicated in real life, you're probably not going to react the same way. You don't know how you're going to react if you are in an alerted state. If you've never been in a situation like this, and I hope that you haven't, and I hope that you never have to be, but if you've never been in a situation, you don't know how you're going to react. You may not know what that limit is. At what point are you going to take action? And what does that action look like? What does taking action mean? Does it simply mean stepping across the street and leaving the threat? Does it mean um, reaching for pepper spray? Does it mean having to touch your firearm if the threat is inevitable and something bad is about to go down? Or does it mean saying something, being verbal, calling for help, getting your phone and calling the police. You know, there's a lot of different variables in every single situation. So visualize when this happens, then I'm going to do this. So when somebody is approaching me with a purpose and they are directly staring me down and wanting to talk to me or demand something from me, 
then this is how I'm going to react. So play playing those different scenarios in your mind is going to have you better prepared if and when you're ever in that situation. Forming that plan ahead of time will help you implement that plan if that threat crosses your limit and whatever that definition of your limit may be. Your plan may simply be to leave or you may have to have a plan for the next step and that is to defend. Evasion and evacuation routes should be identified as part of this action. It is best to always avoid, if possible, a potentially violent situation once we are entered into this alert stage. The next stage is what's called alarm. At the alarm level, the potential threat is now real. It is a real threat and it's a real threat to you, the intended victim, to your safety, and possibly to the safety of those around you and your loved ones. Whatever action was planned in the alert level, it's now time to implement it now that you're at the alarm level. Again, it is best to avoid any situation, if at all possible, a potentially violent situation once we become alerted. The single most crucial aspect to surviving a life-threatening encounter is the determination to never give up. Never give up and preserve and prevail in a life-threatening encounter. You want to take your training seriously. Now that you've prepared, you've studied, you've gained knowledge, you've worked on your skill set, you have the right attitude, putting it to the test is the last resort. You want to take all the training that you do at the range while you're in classes, whether you pay for private lessons, train like you are in that real situation. Training goes beyond learning how to shoot. What are some of the aspects of effective training? You want to develop your personal protection plan. You want to make sure that it suits your particular needs, including a plan of what to do to avoid a confrontation. Visualize. It is so important to visualize a variety of scenarios that you may encounter in your everyday life. Visualize indoor scenarios, outdoor scenarios, in your vehicle scenarios, in the public or in private. Visualizing scenarios you may encounter and how you're going to respond to them. Remember, you want to get in the mindset of when this is going to happen, then I'm going to react to it this way. Just like practicing fire drills, you want to practice your plan in case of a potential attack. You must continue on with your training, both mentally and physically. Monthly practice of skills is a goal that everyone should strive to attain, especially if you're carrying a firearm for personal protection. The way that you train is the way that you're going to react under stress, potentially. Of course, you're not going to know how you're going to react in every situation because you can't plan for that reality, but you can do your best to prepare for it. You want to train to develop the proper habits, such as immediately seeking cover or immediately finding a second way out. Through this mental preparation, 
through physical training and developing your gun handling and marksmanship skills, you're going to gain the self-confidence to control a life-threatening encounter and have the upper hand by being in control of the outcome of that situation. There is no better classroom than the outdoors, roaming the woods and waters and making memories that will last a lifetime. This is Heidi Rayo, and you have heard another North American Outdoors podcast. For more information, visit NorthAmericanOutdoors.org and follow me on Instagram at North American Outdoors. Have a great day.